Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! All right, welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. Give us a like and subscribe to get all of our latest updates on Iowa Hawkeye legend interviews, updates, everything that we have going on across all of our forms of social media. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Iowa Hawkeye football great Marvin McNutt. How's it going, man? What's going on? What's going on? I see you got those jerseys hanging up back there. Those are pretty sweet. Are those uh, your actual game warrants that you had? Yeah, those are game warrants. So there's uh, Carolina and Philadelphia uh, game warrants. Uh, I gave away a few of my other ones. But, yeah, those are the ones I, I knew I had to keep. You got to frame those up, man. Got to keep them. Oh, I will. That's that's my that's my next step. Uh, this whole room is about to get, get redone as uh, my, my little man cave room. So I had to get all my materials all right. together. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a tip, okay? Don't do the professional framing because it's like a ripoff. I, I, I did it a like few, a thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, it could it could be up to like yeah, a thousand to fifteen hundred. I went to Hobby Lobby and got a jersey frame and put the pins in. It looks just about as good, and it was forty bucks. Yeah, see, that's what I'm gonna do. Hobby Lobby yeah. sounds like a plan. They're just as good, so don't don't <laughs> let those places rip you off. And they take like three months to get it done. It's insane. So, I I wouldn't recommend it. But they're looking sweet, dude. I I love those. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks this for one, sharing. The black those. one actually got on um, the back of it. it. Has all my receivers uh, from that year signed on it. So we Ooh. got Steve Smith, Brandon LaFell, uh, Ted Ginn, uh, Tavares wow. King, my, and then a couple of my other guys. I think Greg Olson have been on there as well. So you're gonna have to frame that, like flip it around to the backside. Yeah, then. yeah, that's gonna okay. be the back. That's gonna be the back. So, okay, okay, very, very cool. Um, we want to uh, start out usually at the beginning, but um, really want to talk to you about um, what you're up to now, what you're doing for work, and um, within the last few years, Liam, um, you got married, had had had, had yeah. some kids, growing the family. Tell us about what you're up to professionally and how the family's doing. Yeah, man, we're doing good. We uh we here in Iowa, so I got four of them, uh, and uh, for work and everything right now, I'm the sports director at the YMCA here in Cedar Rapids. So really, Lynn County, because you got the Cedar Rapids, Marion, and the Stony Point YMCA that I kind of handle all sports from youth and adult, uh, making sure everything's taken care of. And then that I sounds fun. My own. It, it's kind of fun uh, when you start talking about the uh, <laughs> the the many people you have to deal with, uh, but. It is fun as in you get to be the creator for most of these people's entertainment. And uh, I mean, if you know my family, I, I can come up with a game from almost anything. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
so that but then also uh i i do some training uh my own stuff where i individualize personal workouts for high school college and i mean elementary school athletes middle school too so um really after athletes looking to basically further their their goals whether it be basketball baseball football etc Okay. Now, I, I hope this doesn't agitate you, okay? Because I want to give you, you want to be completely transparent here, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. A, as a group, we um, occasionally, like former Hawkeye grades, you know, you'll be like, wow, like, you know, he's got a gorgeous wife. Wow. Like his, his wife's smoking hot. <laughs> Marvin McNutt's wife has been voted as the most attractive wife out of all the former Hawkeyes to ever play. Yes. We're, everybody was yes. like, holy shit. Like she, like, wow, man. Like she's like a, she's an upgrade oh, for man. any guy that would well, be able to guy. like find her. How, how did you meet her? All right. So I met her uh, actually Keenan Davis. So uh, just for you guys to know, she's out there. He was actually dating her sister. So there's another one. Out okay. There. Oh, uh, <laughs> is she single? And she's single at this moment. Uh, okay. And, and and funny uh, was that Kenan and her uh, were dating, and uh, he showed me pictures. I was like, oh man, I say, I think I saw her in person first, actually. And he goes, hey, she has a sister, and I go, show her to me. <laughs> and, and as soon as he showed it to me, I go, yeah, that's that's my future wife right there, seriously. And uh, funny, he like she's, yeah, he he called her up. Uh, next thing you know. He called us. He called Jenna up, which is the sister, and uh, and she was at her sister's house while we were in camp. So this is like right before our senior year, and uh, I ended up just telling her, like, "Hey, tell tell her sister I said good night." You know, and she's like, "What? Like, yeah, just do it. Just do it." Right? All right. And sure enough, she did. And she's like, "Oh my god!" Because she's a couple years older than I am. She's like, "Oh my god, he's he's crazy." She shut me down, and sure enough, I kept I kept fighting it in, and she couldn't say nothing long. All the girls that are worth it for some reason seem to have resistance in the beginning. That's yeah. that's that's how it always is because they know you for know sure. they're they're beautiful and so like they probably get you know guys coming at them constantly and they're like yep. yeah yeah they get that wall up but <laughs> so you need to know I want to give you the full scope. Uh, George Kittle's wife was like up there, and yeah. then Matt Vandenberg's wife. Yeah. was there too and then you were the winner so yes yeah you were number yes. one so we're gonna have to send you a prize for that or something yeah I, at least like, let her know yeah you at least got to send her something you know i got to give her something for that like she she should know that <laughs> yeah. we were we, we've like you know followed you on social media over the years and yeah. stuff like that and we do research and the guys were like son of a bitch wow <laughs> like she is pretty <laughs> like, good man marvin walk in the room. i'm like get out of here go away from me girl that's why i said he's like one of the best yeah. wide receivers in iowa history you know he's gonna have a great catch you know yeah got to got Boom. To yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay i want to ask you uh, about your recruiting process uh coming out of high school now you were recruited as a dual threat quarterback for those that don't know um and then when you got to Iowa, there was a change that was made. Uh, walk us through your recruitment. When you were coming out, did you have full plans to play quarterback in college? Or did you have an idea that that, that transition was, was going to happen at some point? And, and tell us about some of the schools that were really after you. Like, who were you really considering other than the Hawkeyes? Yeah, so when I came out uh... – I was, and then kind of, kind of starting off. I only played football for two years um, in high school, so my whole life I really played baseball and basketball. And so when I was at PE class one day, my high school football coach was a PE teacher, 
and he saw me throwing a football through the uprights uh, multiple times. He saw me just killing all the kids in football. <laughs> and <laughs> he looked at me and was like, okay, why are you not playing? And, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of baseball season. He tells the JV baseball coach, I'm not even knowing any of this. JV baseball coach is also the varsity offensive coordinator and the JV football coach. He comes in with the football at baseball practice, and it's like, hey, you're going to throw a couple routes to a few of my guys, which at the time didn't even know. There were one of my guys uh, played second base. He ended up going to Tulsa. Uh, okay. he, was a, he was a slot receiver. And then another outfielder that was on JV team as well was my other receipt was another receiver and then the center fielder was the starting receiver and they both the center fielder he got drafted in baseball because of his 60 and then the other guy he was up there getting recruited for baseball too so i'm thinking okay like well the other guy was a track star the center and he ran i mean he was just as fast i mean if you remember paul cheney him and paul mm. cheney raced and and, and how beat each other in track so okay. these were the athletes that i had uh, on my bas my, my football team as my receivers and he threw them out there and i threw a couple I had a friend that passed during that summer, and uh, he was a guy that used to tell me all the time, like, Marv, you got to go out and play football, right? Like, you got to do this. I, I ended up going, yeah. I told my mom, like, hey, I'm going out to play football. You know, sure enough. And, I mean, my first touchdown was at receiver on varsity. Okay. Like, that was, like, my sophomore year. It was just a fade route. I went up, caught it. I, I mean, they knew I could play basketball. And um, I ended up uh, later that season drawing for 314 yards in my sophomore season, my, in the end game of my sophomore year. Well, we come back the next year and uh, quarterback battle. The guy beat me out. He's a pretty good quarterback. And I mean, and again, I wasn't focusing on football. I was playing baseball all summer. So I mean, basketball. So I was like, whatever. Mm -hmm. We get through halfway season and uh, coach came to me at lunch and goes, hey, you're my starter. So I started after that. I just became the varsity quarterback coach. We went to state. We beat Jeremy Macklin, uh, a couple of his team and a couple guys. And we, we ended up losing wow. state. But I broke the state record um, for uh passing yards in, in the game well the other quarterback also broke the state record that game he had for 400 yards in the oh, game wow. as well yeah so uh <laughs> i got started getting recruited and really heavily uh indiana came strong first iowa uh mizzou came around he took me to a camp and coach coach yost at the time saw me throwing through the uprights coach matt canada was the guy who recruited me at indiana okay uh, heavily um and then i mean it was vanderbilt I had Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, uh, and Louisville. And of those, the strongest, I would say, you know, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Mizzou, and Louisville uh, were all pretty strong. Michigan, Michigan State were very, hey, you come to our camp, we'll probably offer you. I had some schools saying, you know, like UCLA, they, they came and like, hey, we would offer you. We already offered our quarterback, but he could come. We could offer him as a receiver because they knew my athleticism from basketball. Okay. Um, and so it was it was one of those things that uh, my coach goes, yeah, why would he go to your school when he's got all these other schools playing football? Well, we get down, uh, I'll be playing quarterback. We get down to like a summer camp. I came down to Iowa. I had already kind of started liking it. Coach Johnson recruited me uh, and Adrian Claiborne had just signed the year before. <clears throat> and so he was kind of the big recruit of St. Louis during that time to go to Iowa. So I started kind of paying attention. Who, what is this Iowa? So I started looking mm -hmm. at Brad Banks. Uh, Saw saw kind of what Iowa was built for at the time. They were like seven and zero during my like this season right before I like I uh, signed and uh, something happened. Uh, I think I signed actually, and uh, or no, we went to the Razzle Dazzle camp and Tyler Sash and me were on the same Razzle Dazzle team, which our Iowa team like for this like game called Razzle Dazzle. It was like team handball, but with the okay, football. and 
So we're we're running around just killing the whole Iowa everything. Uh, all the kids that are playing, me and him just launching to each other. Um, and so they're like, yeah, we're offering you. So they offer me, they offer Sash. Um, and then like I met Brian Balaga, I think on an unofficial visit. So I come up and I'm watching the guys practice. <clears throat> Brian Balaga is like standing here. He had already committed to Iowa. And they Coach Johnson brings me over. He's like, hey, why don't you meet him? He's like, this is uh, Brian Balaga. He'll be your, your starting uh, left tackle. So I looked at him kind of like, <laughs> Jeez, like I've never had a left tackle like this. <laughs> um, and that was it. After that, I said, yeah, I'm going. So I think I went to a couple more AU basketball tournaments. And uh, at the time, I was getting recruited kind of heavily from all three. And, and I said, you know, the biggest ones coming from like from football, Iowa feels like the right spot. I kind of used my gut, uh, you know, and thought about that for the most part. And I felt like, you know, they were straight up. I could I could lean that Coach Ferentz would be there for a good amount of time. Coach Ferentz came and he, he sat with my – family and had dinner with us and came down and ate at our house. So it was like, you know, they, he was the only coach to really do that. After Illinois was really tight too. Coach Ron Zook was supposed to come to one of my uh, district baseball games during that year. Mm. And then he ended up not coming. So that kind of pushed them aside. Mm. And then Mizzou, they came up and I remember coach, um, Pinkle. Yeah. He, Gary Pinkle. he ended up, he ended up, he ended up coming, and I remember, like, I was at the time again. I knew I was the number one rated, or two rated quarterback in the state. So I went down to Mizzou, and there again, I think they already had Blaine Gabbard starting, um, or the other Blaine, one of the two, because I know there was a couple that passed each other. And yeah, he had a brother, I think. Yeah, and he went to he came to my table. And he had just went to a linebackers table that he was stoked for, right? And like, oh hey, blah blah blah. He must have like talked to this kid, and I felt like he came to my table, like, "Hey, Marvin," and boom, and kind of went walked away, and I kind of took that as, "All right, yeah, don't need to be here. You're <laughs> done." Yeah. All so, right. Uh, so yeah, that's how that's how it came to be that that I was the spot. All right. Well, we kind of uh, briefly before we came on talked about um, some, you know, the alternate uniform thing. And now that we're talking about recruiting, I really want to know from an instructional coaching standpoint, recruitment standpoint, especially how important do you feel that, you know, keeping the uniforms fresh, throwing in an alternate here and there um, a couple, two, three times a year, maybe even once a year. Uh, how big of effect do you feel like that has on recruits? Um, it's huge because nowadays uh, everybody knows that the world of today a lot of times is about visualization, you know, things that you see visually. Um, and not to say that you can't stick with your same mold because the Alabamas of the world, the Penn State of the world, us, Iowa, you know, we, we do have that, that, that mode of, hey, we're not changing our uniforms too much. You won't come here and be in Oregon. So we won't be mm -hmm. in a different uniform every year. So it does have it depending on what type of athlete you want. Um, I think also, but but if you do have the alternates, if you do have things, and I remember when, like, you know, we are sponsored by Nike, right? So those are things that, that do pay a, a big toll because when you're in high school, you don't get you know, most kids aren't used to always being sponsored by somebody having an opportunity to go and everybody look the same with everything. And um, so it, it plays a huge role in it, I think, especially with recruiting to 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 be able to hit some guys that may not really care all as much about the 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 academic side, but might be more like, OK, well, we're going to look good on play football, uh, yeah. look good, play good like Dion type. 
you know, yeah. and, and sometimes it's, and that's where I say with Iowa, what we have done is they've at least advanced in the type of jerseys they at least put on these kids where it looks the part, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes you'd have our jerseys on our pads. Like, why doesn't mine look like the guy from this school, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time now it's, I feel like that mode is changing and they've at least tightened up the gear and they're doing alternates, which I think coach Ranch sees that that brings a different energy to your team when you have something different you can put on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what out of all the alternates that we've worn, which one's your favorite? Ooh, first off, I need that all black one and that all gold one. Um, yeah, those two, those two are 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 my faves. Um, I got to wear the Ball State one. Um, okay, we played against Ball State, which I like those jerseys too. Uh, but yeah, man, Coach, I, to me, man, I'm a I'm a fan of creativity. So every time mm. I see something new, like I, I'm the guy that was on NCAA as a kid, always creating the jerseys. Like, okay, oh yeah. Who 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 needs a new jersey? I got a new team that 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 needs a new jersey, new colors, and so that's the fun stuff that I like. And so I used to be mad when they didn't let me create our own Iowa jerseys. Uh, that I was always that creative side too. I had a notebook like this thick in school <laughs> that I would just like all Division One uniforms and helmets. I would I would make them. I remember my English teacher would come by and be like, "If you put this much effort into your schoolwork, as you did creating uniforms yep. for teams," yep. and I'm like, "Well, like coming out of school, I was like." I really wanted to like my goals. Like I wanted to get a job at Nike or Adidas and yeah, design uniforms. Yeah. And then um, I started doing some research and it's like the guys that get these jobs to do this. A lot of them like have degrees from like MIT, Harvard and different places like that. And I'm like rolling into a division two <laughs> Wayne state. And I'm like, eh, I might not make the cut on, on that. So kind of changed my, uh, cha- changed my aspirations a little bit, but I was able mm-hmm. to get, a game worn gold one, the all yeah. golds. I got one of those and um, they released some of the ones they called the black woodshed jerseys. Yeah. When we kicked the crap out of Ohio state, um, yeah. there were a few of those released and, but they released those as like a whole uniform <laughs> set. And those were like $2,500. Well, well, and see, here's the deal. It's like, I was missing out on the huge money market. And I tried to, t- I tried to talk to them about this last year on, Hey, put me on your staff somehow. I'll figure out what to do. But this, I have a community relation idea, which we're going to make sure we record this so everybody knows that if they do this, they owe me some money because I was the one that told them this. All right. Well, trademark I, that. I thought that, I think that if you think about it, first off, any college could do this, but especially we talk Iowa, older players like myself, anybody really, if you, if they put out old jerseys, well, the new jerseys with old people's names on them oh, yeah. and then allow the old players to get royalties from those especially since we didn't didn't have the opportunity to get paid like these college athletes might have an opportunity soon um i think that that would be a huge benefit because i think about a lot of people always tell me oh mark mcnutt i wish i had blah 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 this new jersey but i wish i had it with the seven on it that says mcnutt oh right? yeah instead of <laughs> um, yeah that would be cool so I, well, and I think it's also a way, too, where you're not also trying to put money into the college kids' hands right now either, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're not breaking any rules. We've all graduated. Um, but plus, I think, too, you you look at um, multiple athletes or college players that say they struggled after university or guys, for instance, that maybe didn't go pro and win the big staff. Now you get basically a opportunity to say, hey, here's an extra money you can just make from putting mm-hmm. this out on the Internet. You know, the Tim DeWhites of the world, Kevin Casper, you know. Yeah. 
Well, it's been done in a certain way, so you know it can be done. They've mm-hmm. released like legacy uniforms over the year with like a Dallas Clark name on the back and a Chad Greenway. So they mm-hmm. haven't done very many of them, but that's a really cool, innovative idea that, you know, yeah. if, because the thing is, it's being done on the black market right now, whether they like it or exactly. not. And, and exactly. you know, there's these um, sites, or, you know, over in China where you can get things like that made, shipped over to yep. you. And, you yep. know, they could really take that power out of their hands and capitalize on that revenue. And I think that's exactly. an awesome idea. Um, expand a little bit more about um, you talking about joining Iowa staff. I've heard that there is some strong mutual interest uh, on your side and their side about potentially becoming a part of that staff. Uh, what's that yeah. looking like right now? And how are those conversations going? If you don't mind us asking. Um, as of right now, um, I just told them that I would like to be a consultant or figure out any way to get on whether what it, whatever that looks like, just because I, I, I want to kind of get back to the program. Um, a lot of times, too, a lot of the receivers reach out to me anyway. I mean, I'm the guy with the the, the name on the wall uh, yeah. right now. And so uh, with that, I mean, it just comes with I didn't play long enough and I'm still training. I'm still kind of close to the area. So it's it's for me, it's it's an easy um, decision to help uh, being that I support and want to and I will do as much as I possibly can. So um, right now the talks are just going. I told them, I, you know, I knew they kind of had still have some new guys that you're bringing up and putting on the staff and getting used to the, the Hawkeye way again. So um, I just kind of backed off on conversation. But I was talking to Coach O'Keefe about possibly um, seeing what I can do to just get down there as much as possible. Well, I think all the fans would love to see that mm-hmm. and for you to see you on the sidelines and just for selfish purposes for us to be able to see Marvin McNutt back on the Hawkeye sidelines would be freaking awesome. We would love that. <laughs> we always lo- love to see Hawkeye greats come back, like see broader yeah. events back on the sidelines yeah, and things like that. That's super cool. Like we'd love that. And with your knowledge base and everything you've been through and you're such a strong communicator and obviously you have a lot of really cool, innovative, forward thinking ideas that would be something that as an Iowa program, love our football program. It's amazing. One yeah. of the best in the country, but being innovative and forward thinking maybe isn't our strong suit and yeah. <clears throat> something like that. It, it, it is like with strength and conditioning and things like that. But when it comes yeah. to marketing style, things like that, <clears throat> like you said, we're very much traditional. And a lot of people love that. And there's not yep. really anything wrong with that. So it's no knock on the no. program at all. But, you know, a mind like yours there, along with your credibility well, for what you've accomplished would be huge. Exactly. And I, I look at it and, and try to look at the positives and, and the the attractiveness that, again, social media has brought. I think that our Iowa players have benefited over the last, you know, since really kind of my time over how social media has really advanced, especially the Instagram. And I, I would really uh, kind of give kudos to their photographer, Max. Um, he's done a great job over the last however many years of making sure that their program has looked the part on social mm-hmm. media. Um, I remember when we kind of coming up, social media was looked at as kind of your, it could be a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 it can be in some aspects, but at the same time, uh, I think the positives and the amount of um, almost impressions you get from seeing, seeing this athlete make this catch. I mean, I think about it, me and DJK, you know, and all the different catches and Tony and all of us, we talk sometimes about like, hey, like, Man, these catches that we used to make, man, if we had Instagram back in the day, like our Instagram oh, yeah. would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you going up over someone in the end zone with your famous, yeah. you know, catches over guys. It was the craziest yeah. thing. We were talking about that too. With your fades and like the corner of the end zone, it was like you always just got just enough over the yeah. guy that it was like yeah. so seamless and perfect. It's like, well, what's damn. funny is Keenan used to talk about that all the time. They used to get mad in practice and still now he's like, no, like we were talking about it. He's like, you know, Marvin used to always like, not even really jump, not have to do whatever he he would just be right over everybody, like just enough, and always yeah. like come down with this. Like, but that would be more of the, and that's why I tell people all the time, you know, that's more of the basketball, that's more of the, you know, uh, tracking the ball and from baseball. I love playing center first off, you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. so knowing, okay, like, hey, where I need to be, my athleticism versus yours, how big my body is. Like, I know, like, okay, if I tap you right here at this moment, you won't be able to get this. <laughs> it was the crazy part was like your timing and your placement was so much better than the defender that was always on you. It wasn't yeah. like you said, like a Megatron type of player or you know, Randy Moss flying. You know, it was just like you were at the right place at the right time and you just played it like a more intelligent player than um, a lot of guys. And that, again, is wonderful knowledge to pass on to Iowa receivers because, you know, we're typically not pulling in that four or five-star guy and that type of timing and, you know, ability would be awesome for to be able yeah. to pass down to them. Um, wanted to ask you, too, about uh, a good friend of yours. Um, been on our show before, Ricky Stanzi. Yeah. Old, old Richard, we we talked with him for quite a while. He had a lot of great things to say about you. Um, how tell us about your guys's relationship? And you guys really seem to have a great chemistry on the field. Played really well together. Yeah. And he, of course, being the guy he is, gave all the kudos to you for a lot of your big plays. Like, oh, if Marvin wouldn't have done this, I, it just wouldn't have happened. I was lucky he was so good. Um, yeah, let us know about that relationship because he seems like he is and, just an awesome. Well, that's dude. Just, that's Rick for you. First off, he's gonna give everybody else the credit uh, because nobody, as much as we talk about him. Um, yeah, he was pick six Rick for probably every first quarter. Um, That's what we told him, too. We talked about <laughs> but, that. But after after that, you know, once he got that out of the system and once he once you felt that he was ready, um, Rick, Rick is better than any quarterback you probably have ever seen. I always tell people uh, that if you talk about a quarterback that you won in the last three quarters of the game, you're putting Rick Stanzi's name up there with Tom Brady. And that's mm -hmm. real life because to me, I feel like, you know, Rick didn't get the, the pub as much. And just like Tom Brady, you know, they won in college, right? Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't too much that people didn't like you put the ball in the right spots and like, they didn't get drafted probably where they should have based off of that. And to me, that's, and that's, that goes on, on because they don't have the crazy arm or the body that looks the part or, you know, in different things. You, I don't think they look at winning enough for quarterbacks in college going to the next level. Now they, I think they kind of do a little bit more of it. Yeah. Um, with the bigger programs like the Clemsons and Alabamas. But again, I, I, I look, I look at a lot of times the big 10 quarterbacks, they don't always get the, the love that all these, you know, the SEC schools get or the ACC schools get that, Hey, we got this quarterback that's dominant. Now, Justin Fields should change that this year. Yeah. Um, and not to say that Ohio state is the exception really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and I, and I go back to Rick and say, man, in the fourth quarter, I first off would always want Rick on my team as my quarterback coming into that huddle. First off, his attitude in there. Secondly, you know, you know that the, it don't matter where you're at. You don't, if you're supposed to be read, Rick's trying to come to you. Right. And mm -hmm. I mean, he also, and that was the thing, man, Rick, uh, like I said, we made plays for him, but that was because he trusted us. Right. Like you trust me, I'm gonna trust you. Right. Like I expect mm -hmm. same, that same, that same kind of relationship, man. And it was, 
And those are the things that make great teammates, make great captains. Um, that's why Rick is one um, and forever will be remembered by Hawkeye fans because he he did show up when he needed to, right? I mean, Rick had to take over the worst year that we had um, in 07 and, and then start changing things in 08, you know, and, and having to, to fight battle with Jake Christensen uh, for who's the starter, which, you know, after that, when Rick took it over, it was like, okay, now we're rolling. Now this yeah. thing was fluid. And so I tell that to tell people the same people, you know, give Spencer Petrus a, a little bit. Petrus, Petrus, how do you say it? Is it Petrus or Petrus? I've heard it. I've heard it both. I think it's Petrus, but I've heard Petrus too. I'm the same boat yeah. as you. Like, it's, um, I've heard it both ways. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and again, so that's where I look at it and go, you know, that's why um, uh, he, to me, people got to give him more grace. You know, this mm-hmm. is his first year. And no quarterback ever in the history of Iowa in their first year had to face Northwestern first with two good linebackers. Yeah. That was by Pat, Pat Fitzgerald. Now, after that, we can all say, okay, P- Petrus, uh, it's time for you to tighten up because you played a pretty good defense. And, yeah, I mean, but, again, he was pretty solid, game manager. Now, this year is where he takes off, I think, if he becomes a guy that says, okay, I'm not focusing in on one spot in the field, that right middle side that he likes to throw the, the all yeah. goal on. Yeah. Um, to his tight end, um, and I'm not focusing on one or two guys. You know, if he can, when he decides and understands more about his reads, I think this year he will be way more successful. And and I think you you have a year where he's in, in under control a lot more. I mean, and another thing that people don't really talk about is when you have a veteran receiver squad, that can be a little bit of a um, scared mindset to have when you're playing quarterback because you don't want to mess up when you throw it to yeah. those guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they already got their routines down and you know, their flow of the game. And to come yep. in your first year without spring ball and without those reps and try to get on the same page with those guys, it was, yep. you know, we've talked about this at length, um, which I, I just don't understand at all. The first two games of the season, while we were throwing the ball that many times a game with, a first year starter mm-hmm. that didn't get spring practice. Like we were exactly. throwing the ball 45 to 50 times a game. Like exactly. we don't do that. That's not our style of football. It's balance. No. And right. we, we run the ball to set up the pass. And uh, do you have any idea? Cause it seemed like after the second game, you know, we lost both those games by I think a combined six, seven points, um, mm-hmm. which were, you know, we should have been in the big 10 championship. We were mm-hmm. better than that Northwestern team. Mm-hmm. And it was very evident, which it was frustrating that we just, didn't didn't make it there. Um, the, what 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 are your thoughts on why we struggled so much those first two games and why we changed up the script so much? I think, man. When, I think part of it is that um, the coaches, and again, when you get into game plans and you feel like something might not be working or it is working, you start. It almost seems like you know when you're playing Madden and you're like, okay, this wasn't working, it's not working. You know, I'm just running all go all all game now. Yeah, okay. I can't do anything else. And it seemed like they were frustrated with how they were getting done. But I, to me, was it was almost uncharacteristic because they knew they had receivers. They wanted to try to showcase them. But instead, it backfired because we couldn't get the ball out. It wasn't looking crisp. Mm. And and again, I think, too, I also would challenge the guys that were they were practicing against. OK, like I remember Brandon Smith sent me some video of his practice tape. And I was thinking to myself, you know, you're not going to get better when DBs aren't finishing the right way. Yes, it's the week of practice this week, but you still got to practice with the intent to get better every day. And yeah. so not to say that the looks were different, but the looks were different in the games than they saw. And so I think, too, that, again, 
again, I think a lot of it really comes down to trying to get their quarterback comfortable, mm. you know, and, and again, Iowa, I think, and the one, one thing that I would say that I want coach Ferris to always improve on is understanding where his best matchups are. I don't feel like we understand that as an offense. I think they understand that as an offensive line. I don't think we understand that with our skill players or who's the hot guy, who's the guy that needs to rock in their hand right now. And, yeah. um, and so that's those are the moments that I say, you know, I, I want to be around so I can help get, okay, wait, we, why are we stopping giving Tyler goods in the ball right now? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, when he's one-on-one with anybody in the, in the world, he's winning. Yeah. Right. So, so for me, it's, it, it's simple adjustments. It's okay. Let's get him to a side by himself and let's create an open lane. You know, and those are the things that I think sometimes that's where that basketball mindset for me comes in. It's like, Hey, who's hot and who's going, you know, you don't take the ball out of Kobe's hand when he's, when he scored 12 straight. No, no. And you brought up some <laughs> extremely valid points and, and things that we've all said a million times. Like that's kind of the running joke is, Oh, if it works, then we stop doing it. And that's what I'm like, oh, good grief. Because again, like, you know, you get Tyler Goodson out in space and get him, you know, isolated out one-on-one. Like you said, not a lot of guys are going to stop him. Like the guy's got some speed and and agility and just that, the, the, the football knack just to know what to do when, you know, he gets in those situations with probably the sickest spin move I've ever seen in his, in in our life. We told his mom, we had her on and it's a crazy spin move. Um, what what are your thoughts on from being a former player, being still fairly close to the program with um, the the succession plan with um, Kirk at someday, you know, going to retire? We don't know when. doesn't look like it's anytime soon. Yeah. Looking like he's going to be around there for quite a while. I mean, he seems to be consistently, you know, getting stronger and more consistent in his role as time goes on. But at the end of the day, do you feel like this is going to be a situation where Kirk sticks around for a really long time, like maybe almost like a, a Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden type would, of situation? I would, I would hope so. You know, just being that I am one of his former players, um, and it's already been such an honor to be able to speak on the fact that you can say my coach has been there for twenty years. Um, you know, I was one of his captains um, on that as well. So it's like, yes, it, you, you, and then just from the fact too. You know, you know how much he loves the game and how much he loves Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but to that point, I also know he's married and Mary isn't going for that forever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know. As much as she loves the game, too, I think they will always be around it and try to be around the Hawkeye University. Um, I don't know how long he will say he wants to do this just because, again, uh, again, he is getting stronger. I think this past year put a lot of more, uh, I would say, age on him. I don't know if it has or not. I would just say it was a tough year. Um, So, I mean, anytime you're going through those types of seasons, I mean, that's tough. But I think that he rose to the challenge and he hasn't backed down from from the challenge uh, that his players and former players like myself have issued to the Hawkeye program. Um, Yeah. And so uh, with that, it's like, you know, now that he's there, it's almost like, you know, you kind of got to do this thing to ride out, coach. Like, you know, I mean, been consistent. And then for me, too, it, I I am not satisfied because I feel like and again, I'm, this is his legacy, not mine. So, again, I'm not, but it, for me as a former player, it's like, no, we got to get you your national championship, dude. Like, oh, yeah, you can't leave this thing without doing that. And for at least that's what I feel. Um, Thank you for I saying think, that. Um, <laughs> and that's Thank you. I'm like, you know, uh, you you have you have to you have to give that. I think I think the University of Iowa, man, we we, we work hard man. we do things the right way a lot of times uh, as much as 
um, you know, as far as like how to work. And uh, I think that when I look at the the amount of players that we're putting in the NFL at certain positions, um, the talent that we have normally coming back, the amount of recruits that we get and the way they know how to um, uh, build players and get them NFL ready. I don't understand why we aren't in that conversation as a top 10 uh, program every year. To me, to me, that just means we're not we're missing somewhere and I know where we're missing. We're not our skill players don't get the ball enough on offense the way they should. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's and because and that's and that me is the biggest key to why we have been stagnant from. I mean, I, to, from over the years, it seems like, OK, like the North Fant TJ Hawkinson year. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, how is he not in the game? in certain moments we wondered the right? same thing why are they not in the game together in certain moments or different different times where you're like okay like last year there's i watched the kid from alabama move so much as an offensive weapon as a receiver mm -hmm. where and and that same token amir smith marset is just as talented especially when it comes to you know motions reverses getting quick passes um, going to different things now and then, and then I look at Brandon Smith and it's just you know again this is where I say learning where to give your guys the ball and how to give them to it is the piece that we have to do better at as the Iowa program mm -hmm. you know it has to be okay how do we understand we don't we're not giving Shaq all at the three-point line yeah right? no I'm yeah. giving the ball down in the post you know same thing with Brandon Smith I don't need him to go on and around I need him to go down to the and run a fade Jump mm -hmm. over everybody's head, <laughs> right? Uh, we need to get you in there yesterday. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, you, I get out of my head. Like, this is all stuff that we've, like, been saying. Like, please get in there, Marvin. And please don't do one of those things where, like, when guys run in for president and he's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make all these changes. Yep. And then they get in there and it's like, you don't hear from them again. Like, get in there and do this stuff, man. This well, and, is exactly and, and, and what we want. And I think that's where uh, I would say I think they know how I am, and maybe that might be part of the reason why they might not want to, because people don't understand that Marvin was a bit of an asshole in college. Hey, so was <laughs> when I. It comes, so when it when it comes down when it comes down especially to winning, right? Like coaches couldn't just tell me things, and I'm just going to do it. No, why are we doing this? What needs to happen, Marv? Chill. No, I need to understand this. Yeah. Right. Like, what are we doing this for? Because at the end of the day, if it's not working, why are we doing it? Because you have and, a brain and you want to know. Yeah, right? and I and, and I and I wasn't the type, and I again, I wasn't the type to not say what I felt or what no. I thought was what needed to happen for us to win, especially because I mean that's just not how winning teams operate. Well, I, I hope this happens. So we're I'm going to continue to <laughs> we're going to be watching this and making sure. And thank you so much. I, I felt like you brought up such a valid point. It needs to be okay for us to want and expect a national championship in yeah. Iowa for football. Yeah. And I don't feel like the fans are like that. Most fans are yeah. like, you know, eight or nine wins, 10 wins, you know, 10 wins is yeah. great. Like 10 wins is yeah, like no, an no, I, mean, I, I, I was Iowa. irritated at my Orange Bowl season. I, I don't like Northwestern to this day because they ruined my national championship hopes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, I agree, you know, and that, that, that was extremely frustrating because we, that was a national championship team right yeah. there that, that could, could have won it all. But that's the frustrating part as an Iowa fan is that, you know, Nebraska fans give us crap for this all the time. It's like, you know, eight and five at Iowa, you could stay there forever. And yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> that that's yeah, frustrating. You, you are. And it is frustrating. And that is one thing as a player that was frustrating for me because I don't think it's even spoken enough in the locker room. Uh, that was something that 
you know, we spoke as a receiver room, but it wasn't something I felt like that we as a team adapted enough of. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was something that, that, you know, I've never been on a team that didn't talk about how we are the best and how we are winning championships. Right. And so, yeah. and then because I feel like if that's the goal and if you, you, you normally re- try to reach that goal, anything shorter will be right underneath it. If you really are going after that one, right? Like if you, you reach it for the moons, if you don't get there, you're going to be by the stars. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you, you get the, the feedback, you know, as a fan and everything else that if you are expecting greatness in that top tier, you're looked at like you're an idiot, like mm-hmm. oh, go root for somebody else then, because you're expecting right. that. It's like, no, like we should expect this out of our program. And if we don't make it, yeah, we'll still support them, still have their yeah. back and still cheer them on. Cause they're, you know, they're yeah. going to be our team no matter what, but what's wrong with expecting and wanting a national exactly. championship? Because well, and we're we, talking about it, right. It's not, it's not a secret code. Right. It's not something that if we don't talk about, it's going to come. No, we yeah. have to talk about it so that it will be here so that it, it is reachable. Yeah. And that we're not playing in the Big Ten championship at least two to three out of every five years is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like we should be in again, that we, game. We all, and again, we and then, and this is what I also say for me. Yes. Uh, because, again, as a player, I felt like we always had those teams. Right. I don't care mm-hmm. who's my team. If we were out here, we have enough that we can win with. And. I think that again, not to say again, again, Coach Parents' legacy will live on regardless of a national championship or not. Yeah, um, and it's just for me as his former player, I want him to have that underneath his name. I want Iowa to have that underneath their their program history, and not back when Nile Kinnick and those guys did it. Back when, back today, to now. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to get somebody else's name up on that press box because well, they haven't added anyone yeah. new in a long time. Well, and partly for me is is uh, the idea that, um, you know, I look at the Alabama, the Clemson, and again, we don't get the four or five stars every year, right? But by the time most of our seniors are juniors or seniors, when you can, they are four or five stars in the mind, right? Yeah. Or in the body, right? They go to the NFL mm-hmm. and compete with these guys just like everybody else. Um, so that's why to me, it's, it's just a, a matter of changing how we decide what we're going to be mm-hmm. and start going after that. And, you know, it, like you said, it's the approach because a lot of these guys that we do go after are great character, you know, strong kids that are in multiple mm-hmm. sports, good students, good mm-hmm. people. But even from talk, hearing assistant coaches talk and other coaches talk, we're not putting in the effort for those four or five star guys because we're not expecting to get them. And, and that to me know, is ridiculous because Iowa every year is playing against the best programs in the nation. Iowa every year is putting guys in the NFL. To me, to me, if you are a DN, if you are an offensive tackle, tight end, linebacker, corner, mm-hmm. safety, um, almost every position besides wide receiver and, and running back. Uh, right now is in the league, and that's about to change. I mean, we're about we should have two receivers put in there in this next draft. Yeah, uh, hopefully at least one will get drafted. I'm pretty sure. And the other, uh, I mean, he's he's he should have been drafted. He didn't have the number, so I don't know how how they're going to look at his 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 um, seasons. Um, but uh, and then on top of it, now you got a running back that you know that I mean, to me, should win the Dope Walker Award or should be top two, right? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe even the Heisman. I mean, for me, for me, the way we run the ball, the way we, he, and then especially watching last year, how creative Brian coach parents got with the running game. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that Tyler Goodson shouldn't be up there. But then on top of that, uh, I think our offense should be explosion should explode this year with the options that we should have. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's great that we send that many guys to the NFL. And we talk about the NFL factory all the time. And that's a great thing to hang your hat on and a big source of pride. But if we're not getting championships out of that, what does it really matter at the end of the day? Yeah. And that's, you know, <clears throat> a big frustration is, oh, I, I was an NFL factory. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's that's cool. We're sending tons of guys to the league. But yeah. what, do, what, do, what how many championships do we have to show for it? Like, not right. many. And we, you know, we haven't had one since 04. Right, and we definitely, especially, have to have these big team ones, right? Like, I, my thing is that's the thing. It's like I, I, uh, we're, we're slipping away too many times, or, or at least be in that championship game every year, you know, to where yeah. we're like, okay, like every other year we should be there. Well, you look at this year, like if you watch that game, we could have beat Ohio State. Like they came in I, flat. I, Northwestern I was with them the it. whole game. I didn't want to say it. I felt like, yeah, that's. I, and then again, at that time, I was rolling. Again, we normally mm-hmm. start picking up our season late in the season anyway. Yeah. Um, and and that's where I said, you know, what sucks is he got Northwestern his first game, and that sucks. Being that they had two really good linebackers too, right? Yeah. Um, but again, we didn't have our linebackers either, and we missed two of uh, two big ones that would have, I think, changed the dynamic of that game tremendously. Yeah, Northwestern always gives us damn fits. Like we'll of blow course. them out one year, then the next year they beat us fourteen to eleven. Like something every single year. What what is it about those guys that we it's struggle with so much? It's that damn purple. That purple, and then their ugly grass. Yeah, that grass is grass. super weird. There's like a a hump uh, in the field. Oh, uh, I hate Northwestern's field. They keep the grass long They're, too. I tell you don't what, they? the new facility is really nice. It looks nice. That new facility is is amazing. But yeah, no, they keep it long. And uh, it's oh, just huh. it's a sleepy stadium. I've been yeah, there for games. Well, like I take a nap in there. I, I don't know if you remember. I think it was Rick Stanley's senior. Year. I was there. I was there. First I was off, there. Here's the other thing. Coach Ferentz didn't want to pass me the ball. I don't know what happens that all of a sudden I got to scream and yell at everybody until the fourth quarter to finally get the rock. But yeah, I, I used to just dominate them all game that's why me and keenan said our senior year my senior year like dude i was like listen there's no way we're losing northwestern i'm yeah. just giving you that right now <laughs> oh well i mean they do have the coolest practice facility in the country but that yeah but that field that they play their home games in is not very impressive oh, it's it's like a high school field yeah, yeah. they need to start fresh <laughs> that thing's a dump yeah. i've been there multiple times like as a fan you go to a northwestern game and it's like i want to yeah. hit the northwestern bars i want to experience the stadium <laughs> And you get there, there's no Northwestern bars at all. The stadium sucks. And uh, it's like, there's hardly any fans there. And it's just as a fan, it's a a very forgettable experience. (laughs) Um, Moving on to something more positive. We need to talk about your favorite or our favorite play, the the one you're most famous for, what we call the McNutt Slant. I can't freaking talk right now. Jeez, man. The McNutt Slant. Jeez. I'm going to have to censor that one out. I think I said a bad word there. Um, I remember when that moment happened that, uh, you know, I had a buddy of mine that called. He goes, oh, McNutt slant in the end zone. It's going to happen. It's going to happen just Man. you know, right before. And I know. And he still talks about it every day. We watch a game. <laughs> Remember when I called that? And he had a Marvin McNutt jersey on like you're his guy. And yes. he, he called he called it. And he had my jersey I, on at the time. That's yes, awesome. he, he did. He wore that. He still wears it to this day. And uh, he he called that. And he still even like I, ta- I talked to him a few days ago. I'm like, I'm going to be uh, interviewing Marvin. He goes, please tell him. And I called that he was going to do that before he did it. And I'm like, you really did. Like, I can remember that. Like, we 
I told Ricky when we talked to him, like we I, we broke some items in the house after that play happened, going yeah. nuts and beer spraying all over the house and everyone going crazy. <laughs> walk, walk us through that play because we had multiple shots at the end zone there. Yes. And, yeah. you know, it was starting to get a little worrisome. And Ricky knew, he said, he goes, I know that if we run this slant with Marvin, he's going to get open. Like they yeah. can't defend him. And yeah. he was there and Marvin yeah. made it happen. Walk us through that play. Yeah, man. Well, before it, right, we had uh, two plays ahead of that, that I was down in the same spot that I tried to run a, a fade on. Right. And the guy, I think it was Rucker. Cause he was there kind of big, big name, one of the big name DBs, strong arms, long, right. And, I mean, I ran a fade thinking, Rick, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. And he didn't throw, we didn't, so I was irritated with him. You know, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Like, yeah. I'm about to sketch this fade. Like, touchdown, game over, right? Uh, well, I ran it again, ran a fade, boom. He didn't get it. We call a timeout, and we're in timeout. I mean, Tony's talking, Trey, DJ, me, Rick, Coach O'Keefe, you know, we're all in there. Yeah, what do you guys want to do? Like, let's try this. Let's try No, we should do this. Blah, blah. Like, we're all talking to suit and – I just go, hey, man, I think I can win on a slant. And all of a sudden, it was like everybody heard me, or Coach O'Keefe did at least. And he goes, what you say, Marv? And I kind of go, hey, I think I can win on a slant. I said, Duke been playing me outside twice, and I think I can beat him on a slant. And then Rick and him kind of went over and talked for a minute, and I heard them come back and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. Tony, you're going to come up, right? You're going to step off. We're going to keep Marvin over here by himself. You know you know they're going to bring the house on this. Right, so they're gonna bring the zero bricks, and I hear him saying to Rick, "Rick, be ready, because they're bringing the house." And mm-hmm. so, of course, they say we're gonna bring everybody over. He said, "Everybody on this side, just run away. We're throwing a slant, mm. right?" And and so, sure enough, like Rick calls the motion. Tony goes. I step up. You know, we're looking in at it. And I'm thinking to myself, "All right, dude, we ran." So in practice, we used to run, and this is where you know practice and preparation really, really helps, right? Rick and I. We used to connect on a one-step slant every day in practice, third down period versus our defense, just at least at least once a day, because it was always they would bring everybody, and I knew I had to cut in for our hot route play and mm. get the ball, and it would just be catch and and automatic hit every time, mm. and sure enough, exact same thing. Boom, we ran it, step. I'm running, and as I'm running, I mean, this play couldn't have happened any slower in my mind. (laughs) It was, like, slow and fast at the same time. Like, I run it, but in the mind, I'm just thinking, like, okay, keep running, keep Mm. running. Ball came, and I, like, blinked, I think. So I didn't really see it. It hit my hand. I just know it was coming. Yeah. I blinked, felt it, caught it, and I just was thinking, okay, I got it. I don't know if I'm in the end zone. Oh, So I'm just going down to the ground, and all of a sudden I look up. I see the referee go like this. I see Trey going crazy. And the next thing you know, Ralph, I see running directly at me on the ground. And he just comes and just dives on top of me. Then I see Kyle, Julie, Uh, everybody. And I didn't see anything else after that. And then at the bottom of the pile, I just start kicking. Because, I mean, literally, I think they might have cracked my ribs for my life. Oh man, I'm sending you the bill for my broken uh, $25 yeah. Kmart China hunch nope. from that living room <laughs> that we broke after you guys made after you made that play. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, that it was. I man, I've been told uh, people broken windows. Um, I've also was told that uh, I was responsible for this man getting lucky with his wife oh, that yeah. night on his birthday and right. creating their daughter. So, oh right, 
<laughs> her middle name better be Marvin then. Something cool like that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> or McNutt. Right. So, yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. You know, have her induced yeah. on the seventh. Something like that. You know, just 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 to commemorate, man. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh I know from the guys that you had on that team, you got some fun, interesting stories uh from either the locker and practice field experiences that you know guys like me that you know are the fans that we're looking outside in that we're not able to see that you could tell us about what do you got for us marvin um you know first off funny funny thing is like you know we used to get weighed in all the time right you come in from practice you after practice especially in camp because in camp you lose so much weight because of the heat that we would be practicing there so the goal will be on you right if you dropped four pounds in a practice, you better get you better make sure you grab your your four Gatorades to drink afterwards, and he'll make sure you like drink your four Gatorades before your meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, some guys would like <laughs> know they dropped in practice, so they would go weigh themselves on another like a scale first before coming in, and then go back to the weight <laughs> with like water bottles in their compression pants, so that they would make sure they would be weighing. <laughs> <laughs> and so then another one is like you know you know me and Keenan were really really close and like you know like my little brother uh like and you know to the point he's in my wedding you know he introduced me to my wife and uh you know so one day he comes in and Keenan I used to always have to like tighten him up like you know Keenan would he was just a young goofy dude didn't really care about too much at the time mm-hmm. and he comes in and all of a sudden I'm looking at his hair and I just look and he goes Mark what's wrong I go Okay, dude, who cut your hair? <laughs> he goes, Mark, stop. What you mean? And he just starts covering up his head like this. And all of a sudden, I didn't say anything. I just kind of let P. Chain come in. I said, P, look at, look at KD here. Look at KD here. <laughs> he comes and look. <laughs> KD! <laughs> so he just started going, he went, what? He said, man, he said, I cut my hair and Wyatt and, and Dakota told me that it was fine. Keenan had a patch here that was like this long. He had one over here. Oh man, he came in with patches all over his head <laughs> from not cutting his hair. But he had to wait to have to practice. So we called, we, we, I, I think somebody called him. Like we were just making up names for him all day at practice. Like, <laughs> who, who, he <laughs> cut his own hair. Yeah, you know, because a lot of times we cut our own hair. Like I cut my own hair a lot of times, right? But okay. What you can do is when you cut a lot of times, you know, like, hey, I'm hitting this spot. I got this one. Boom. I'm yeah. pushing it over. And you use a mirror. Well, yeah. He forgot that he had a back and that the pieces <laughs> to his head up here that he didn't like. You gotta, you, you gotta learn how to do this thing. No, I'm not talented enough to ever do that. But yeah, <laughs> geez, that's hilarious, man. I I remember I uh, I tried to cut my own hair. I tried to shave my own head because in basketball in high school, all the guys on the team were like, "Hey, we're buzzing our head. Like we're all gonna do this together." I'm like, "All right, whatever. I'm not crazy about it." Well, I tried to do it, and apparently the buzzer I had was not very high quality, and I look like I like stuck my head in a weed whacker and i had to go to the go to the local great clips with like a, a beanie on my head because i looked like i stuck my head yeah. in like a blender it was not a, not a good turnout i do that in high school it's the worst oh geez that's i leave it i let my wife cut my hair now because it's it's free and it looks a hell of a lot better yeah. than it did whenever i would do there it how, how did things go um, on with the Cedar Rapids Titans? You had a, a little bit yeah. of a stint with them coaching and on the Man, front it was, office. It was definitely a learning experience. Uh, I loved every one of my players, man. It was one of those things that, uh, like, say, uh, you realize that different leagues are built differently. 
uh, it was a challenge, but at the same time, it was fun, man. We got a, you got a lot of players that that improved themselves, moved on to other teams, but then also uh, moved to different leagues. And uh, but man, we had we had fun with my group, man. Those guys, they they worked hard, man. And and, and one thing is, is the connections, right? You connect to to each player of different ways, right? And 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 you really learn, like man, you know, so many people come from so many different places, but when they have one goal, man, and and one mission, it's it's awesome. What are you to tell us before we let you go about who was the most intense, just entertaining, charismatic guy that you were able to play with? And if you can't name one, you know, one or two guys that you're just like, man, that guy was a machine. He was a beast. He was just next level intensity uh, and a guy that just, you know, really had the respect from everyone in the locker room. Man, uh, I play with I play with so many of those characters. Um some of them were, uh, some were, you know, D linemen, like an offensive lineman. Man, I like honestly, I I played with Hall of Fame guys. I played with guys on my own Hawkeye football team. Like, you know, that was a difference, man. We went to Iowa, man. We all had a mission, you know. So the guys like Pat Anger, Adrian Claiborne, mm-hmm. um, you know, the guys that led us, Mike Daniels, uh, you know, and and really our whole squad. We pushed each other every day. And then you get to the league, and <clears throat> you know, I I played with Steve Smith. I played with uh, Jason Peters and Jason Bond, um, guys that I really love their work ethic, uh, Jericho Cotri, uh, uh, but also, you know, when you, when I just look at guys that brought it every day to me, man, one of the biggest people that I really look up to in that aspect was, uh, Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley. man, those mm-hmm. guys together, uh, in Carolina, man, they, they took work to another level. And the way they worked at practice, the way they moved around the field, took everything into from their nutrition to their studying habits. Um, you see why guys are bound for the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I'd say definitely like one thing that I, we meet a lot of, you know, a lot of guys that played at Iowa over the time that, you know, we've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of really great guys like yourself. And uh, one of the guys we've been most impressed by, and to be honest, like all those, all these Hawkeyes are just awesome dudes. And that's what makes it, you know, you're so proud to be a Hawkeye fan is when you get to meet these guys, they're just awesome people. But Pat Anger was, has been one of the most genuine, real guys that like we interacted with. And he legit like gives you the approach that like, you're one of his buddies that you grew up Mm -hmm. with down the street. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the guy played in the NFL and one of the greatest Hawkeyes of all time. And I still text with him and talk to him periodically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've been friends with the guys, for, the guy for years, and he doesn't need to yeah. be like that. And he's yeah. that genuine and that cool. Yeah. That just blows me away. Yeah. And that's where you're going to get, man. And honestly, that was the mode of our team. And I will honestly say, um, you know, they used to always talk about the Hawkeye group. You know, the older guys will come back and talk about, you know, different things and there is something different than the guys that, you know, you do go to work with, that you do put in this effort for, that you fight with and and, and sweat blood tears. Um, this whole kind of community is different. And you guys like the Pat Angers of the world, uh, you know, that put so much time into other people as well as, you know, just just guys that are really quiet. But, man, when you're that football and we're inside those lines, man, it, you build so much more respect from other people. All right, Marvin, we know you got to get back to work, so we're not going to keep you any longer. But, you know, 
Let's get that thing done with the coaching yeah. staff, man. We're yeah, going to yeah. be rooting for you. I want to see you on there. Thank you for everything you've done as a Hawkeye, being such a great representative of Iowa athletics, Iowa football. And it's great seeing on social media how great you and your family are doing. Everyone seems to be thriving, doing extremely well. And make sure to tell your wife congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to you, <laughs> most of all. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to all right. Myself. <laughs> yes, as you should, as you should. All right, Marvin. Have right. a great, have a great rest of the day, man. And we always end Thanks. it with the Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Get out. All of right, here. Go Hawks, baby. Thanks, man. Have a good one.